Section 1 Introduction In this study, we aim to understand how modern language models, LMs, which are excellent at various reasoning tasks, perform a fundamental cognitive process known as binding. Binding is the ability to associate specific features with a particular object, distinguishing it from others. For instance, in a scenario where Alice lives in France and Bob lives in Thailand, the language model needs to correctly associate Alice with France and Bob with Thailand. This is what we refer to as the binding problem. The main contribution of our research is the discovery of a general mechanism within LMs that solves this binding problem. This mechanism uses what we call binding IDs, abstract concepts that the language model uses to differentiate variables within the same predicate from those in other predicates. We've confirmed the properties of this mechanism through empirical testing using causal mediation analysis. We found that these binding IDs are represented as vectors, which are attached to variables through simple addition. Moreover, these binding IDs form a subspace, meaning that they can be combined linearly to create new valid binding IDs. We also discovered that these binding IDs are widespread and transferable, being used by all large models in the LAMA and families, and their accuracy increases with scale. They can be used for various synthetic binding tasks and can be transferred from one task to another. However, we also found that these binding IDs are not universal. We demonstrated a question-answering task where a different mechanism, which we call direct binding, is used instead. In the technical part of our study, we defined the binding task and explained our main experimental technique, causal mediation analysis. The binding task involves a set of entities and a set of attributes. We construct a context from these entities and attributes and then query the language model with each of the entities present in the context. The model should then associate each entity with the correct attribute. For instance, if queried with Alice, the model should predict France, and if queried with Bob, it should predict Thailand. We evaluated the model's performance on the binding task by sampling 100 contexts and querying the language model with every entity mentioned in each context. We then measured the mean of the log probability assigned to the correct attribute token and the proportion of queries where the correct attribute token had the highest log probability. We also utilize the inherent causal structure in autoregressive LMs to understand how different components of the model store information about the context and thus influence behavior. We did this by substituting one set of activations in the network for another and measuring the model's output on various queries. This allowed us to infer the causal role of different components in the model's behavior on the binding task. Section Summary Language models, LMs, are powerful tools for reasoning across different domains but the mechanisms underlying their reasoning abilities are not well understood. In this work, the authors investigate how LMs solve the binding problem, which involves recognizing features of an object as bound to that object and not to others. They propose a mechanism called binding IDs, which are abstract concepts used by LMs to mark variables in the same predicate apart from variables in other predicates, and show that binding IDs are robust, transferable, and occupy a subspace in the LM's activation space. Section. 3. Existence of Binding IDs In this section, we'll discuss the concept of binding IDs, a mechanism we believe is used by language models, LMs, to link attributes to entities. We'll first explain our theory about this mechanism, then we'll discuss two key predictions it makes, factorizability and position independence. We'll also present experimental evidence to support these predictions. In the appendix, we provide an informal argument explaining why this binding ID mechanism is the only one that aligns with factorizability and position independence. So, what is the binding ID mechanism? 
we propose that LMs learn to assign abstract binding IDs to entities and attributes. This means that any entity and attribute that are linked together will share the same binding ID. To break it down, 1. For any given entity E underscore K, the LM encodes both the entity and its binding ID K into the activation Z underscore E underscore K. 2. The same process is applied to attributes. For any attribute A underscore K, the LM encodes both the attribute and its binding IDK into the activation Z underscore A underscore K. 3. When the LM needs to answer a query about an entity E underscore K, it retrieves the attribute that shares the same binding ID from the context activation Z underscore context. In this mechanism, the binding ID and the entity attribute are the only pieces of information in the activation Z underscore E underscore K and Z underscore A underscore K that influence the query behavior. We can define binding functions gamma underscore E and gamma underscore A that dictate how entities and attributes are linked with binding IDs in the activation Z underscore E and Z underscore A. This mechanism leads to two key predictions. 1. Factorizability. If we replace the activation Z underscore A underscore K with a different activation Z underscore A underscore K underscore prime, the model will link the entity E underscore K to the new attribute A underscore K underscore prime instead of the original attribute A underscore K. This is because the new activation encodes the binding function for the new attribute and binding ID, replacing the original binding function and causing the model to link the entity to the new attribute. 2. Position independence. Even if we swap the positions of two attributes in the context, the model will still link each attribute to its corresponding entity based on their shared binding ID, not their position in the context. In the following sections, we'll present experimental evidence to support these predictions. We'll also show how we can make subtle changes to the activations to alter the binding ID without changing the attributes, allowing us to test the binding ID hypothesis more directly. We'll also demonstrate that binding IDs can be transferred between completely different tasks. The first property we tested is factorizability. In our proposed mechanism, all relevant information about an attribute A underscore K is contained within its activation Z underscore A underscore K, and the same applies to entities. Therefore, we expect models that use this mechanism to have factorizable activations. To test this, we used a task involving pairs of entities and attributes. We computed representations for two different contexts and used a method called causal mediation analysis to swap representations between the contexts. The results supported our factorizability hypothesis. In our experiments, we used a model called LAMA30B. We found that the activations for both the entity token and the subsequent token encode the entity binding information. Therefore, in all our experiments, we included the token activations immediately after the entity in our definition of Z underscore E underscore K. Section Summary. The section discusses the hypothesized binding ID mechanism, which suggests that the language model, LM, learns abstract binding IDs to associate entities and attributes. The mechanism is characterized by factorizability and position independence. Experimental verification supports the hypothesis, showing that the LM can bind entities and attributes based on their shared binding IDs, regardless of their positions in the context. Section 3.2 Position Independence. Let's now delve into the concept of position independence, another characteristic we anticipate language models, LMs, that use the binding ID mechanism to possess. This principle suggests that changing the order of the entities and attributes should not affect the output, as the LM focuses solely on the binding IDs, not the positions of entities or attributes. 
To manipulate the positions, we take advantage of the fact that transformers use positional embeddings to denote the position of each token in the input. This allows us to intervene on these embeddings to move an entity or attribute to a different location. We denote this intervention as moving the position embedding from its original position to a new one. We'll explain how to do this for rotary position embeddings, which are used in all the models we study, in the appendix. For now, let's assume this intervention as a basic operation and discuss the experimental results. In our experiments, we again use the capitals task with two entities. We apply interventions that gradually move the two entity positions past each other. When the positions are the same, no intervention is performed, and when the positions are swapped, the entity positions are switched. We repeat the same experiment with attribute activations and measure the average log probabilities in both cases. As expected under position independence, these interventions result in little change in model behavior. If the binding information was entirely encoded in position, we would expect a complete switch in beliefs when the positions are swapped. However, we observe almost no change in average log probabilities for entities and a small change for attributes that seems to be part of an overall gradual trend. We interpret this gradual trend as an artifact of position-dependent bias, not as evidence against position independence. We view it as a bias because it affects all attributes regardless of how they are bound. Attributes that are shifted to later positions always have higher log probabilities. We provide further discussion of this bias, as well as other experimental details, in the appendix. Next, we explore two hypotheses on the structure of binding ids and binding functions. The first is that the binding functions are additive, which allows us to think of binding ids as binding vectors. The second hypothesis, contingent on the first, asks if binding vectors have a geometric relationship between each other. Previous research has suggested that transformers represent features linearly. Therefore, a natural hypothesis is that both entity, attribute representations and abstract binding ids are vectors in activation space, and that the binding function simply adds the vectors for entity, attribute and binding id. To test this experimentally, we aim to extract the binding vectors in order to perform vector arithmetic on them. We use these differences to modify binding ids by performing mean interventions, and observe how model behavior changes. The attribute mean intervention switches the binding id vectors in the attribute activations, and the entity mean intervention similarly switches the binding id vectors in the entity activations. If the additivity hypothesis is correct, performing either mean intervention will reverse the model behavior. The first entity will be associated with the second attribute, and the second entity with the first attribute. In our experiments, we use 500 samples to estimate the differences. We then perform four tests, and evaluate the model accuracy under the original belief. The control test has no interventions, and the accuracy reflects the model's base performance. The attribute and entity tests perform the attribute and entity mean interventions, which should lead to a complete switch in model beliefs so that the accuracy is near zero. The results show agreement with additivity. The accuracies are above 99% for control, and below 3% for attribute and entity. As a further check, we perform both attribute and entity mean interventions simultaneously, which should cancel out and thus restore accuracy. Indeed, the accuracy for both is above 97%. Finally, to show that the specific directions obtained by the difference vectors matter, we sample random vectors with the same magnitude but random directions, and perform the same mean interventions with the random vectors. These random vectors have no effect on the model behavior. Section Summary Position independence refers to the property that permuting the order of certain elements in a language model, LM, should not affect the output. 
In this study, the researchers intervene on the positional embeddings of entities and attributes in transformers to test position independence. They find that position interventions result in minimal changes in model behavior, supporting the notion of position independence. Additionally, the researchers investigate the structure of binding IDs and propose that binding functions can be linearly decomposed into entity, attribute representations and binding ID vectors. Experimental results show that performing mean interventions on binding ID vectors leads to a complete switch in model beliefs, confirming the additivity hypothesis. Section 4.2 The Geometry of Binding ID Vectors In this section, we delve into the geometric structure of binding ID vectors. We found that these vectors can be thought of as pairs, and that not all randomly chosen vectors can serve as binding IDs. We've also discovered that valid binding vectors often form a continuous subspace, meaning that you can often create new valid binding vectors by blending or extending existing ones. This subspace seems to have a metric structure, meaning that vectors that are close together are hard for the model to tell apart, while vectors that are far apart can be easily distinguished. To explore this, we started with a simple context of two elements, which gave us two sets of representations, Z0 and Z1. We first removed the binding information from Z1, which brought the model's accuracy down to chance levels. Then, we added new vectors to these representations. If adding these vectors brought the accuracy back up, we considered them valid binding pairs. We generated these new vectors by blending two basis vectors in different ways. Our results showed that when the new vector was close to the original, the model's accuracy was around 50%, indicating confusion. But when the new vector was far from the original, the model's accuracy was high, showing that these blended or extended vectors can indeed serve as valid binding IDs. This geometric structure of the binding subspace suggests that there might be specific parts of the model that process these binding vectors. For instance, we think that certain attention heads might be responsible for comparing binding ID vectors, as the attention mechanism uses a quadratic form which could provide the metric over the binding subspace. We've also looked at how general these binding ID vectors are. We've found that they're used for a variety of tasks and models, and that they can often be transferred from one task to another. However, they're not universal. For example, we found a question-answering task that uses a different binding mechanism. To test the generality of binding vectors, we looked at three conditions for each model task pair. A control condition with no interventions, and two conditions where we intervened on the entity or attribute. We found that these interventions generally had the expected effect, and that their effectiveness increased with the size of the model. To test the transferability of binding vectors, we took the difference vectors from one task and applied them to another. We found that this often resulted in valid binding IDs, even when the two tasks were quite different. For example, we were able to transfer vectors from a task about capitals to a task about geometric shapes. However, we also found a task where the model used a different binding mechanism. In a multiple-choice question-answering task, the model bound each label directly to its associated option, rather than using a binding ID. This shows that while binding IDs are widely used, they're not the only mechanism for binding in these models. Section Summary The section explores the geometry of binding ID vectors, revealing that valid binding vectors form a continuous subspace and exhibit a metric structure. Linear combinations of binding IDs are also found to be valid binding IDs, suggesting the existence of circuits in language models that process binding vectors. The generality of binding vectors is evaluated across different tasks and models, showing that they are task-agnostic and transferable. 
However, an alternative binding mechanism called direct binding is identified for multiple choice question answering tasks. Section 6 Related Work Let's delve into the related work in our field. Firstly, we have causal mediation analysis. This approach has been gaining traction in recent years, particularly in the realm of post hoc interpretability. Rather than relying on correlations, which can sometimes lead to misleading features, causal mediation analysis conducts causal interventions on the internal states of language models, LMs. This helps us understand the causal impact these states have on the behavior of the LMs. Our work aligns with this causal perspective, which is widely adopted in our field. Next, we have the study of knowledge recall. This involves examining how language models recall factual associations that they've learned during pre-training. This is somewhat related to binding, as it requires associating entities with facts about them. However, this line of work focuses on factual relations learned during pre-training and how these are recalled from the model's weights. In contrast, our work looks at representations of relations learned from context and how these are recalled from the model's activations. Recently, a method was discovered to create bound representations by directly binding attribute representations to entity representations. Our work, however, explores bound representations constructed by the language model itself. We found that the binding ID mechanism, rather than direct binding, is the primary method used by language model representations. A potential area for future research could be to investigate how bound representations constructed by this method relate to the direct binding mechanism we identified in the multiple choice question task. We also have symbolic representations in connectionist systems. Many studies have explored how neural networks represent symbolic concepts in activation space. To gain a deeper understanding of how these representations are used for reasoning, recent studies have focused on representations used for specialized reasoning tasks. Our work is driven by the same goal, to uncover how neural networks implement structured representations that enable reasoning. Lastly, we have mechanistic interpretability. This aims to uncover circuits, often composed of attention heads, that are embedded in language models. In our work, we examine the internals of language models at a more general level. We identify structures in representations that have a causal impact on model behavior. However, the question of how circuits construct these representations or use them is a topic for future research.